How's it going, Nashville? This is the Nashville Fitness Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Chris Beavers, where we will unpack all things health and wellness. We will clear up common myths, highlight amazing fitness opportunities, and bring you guys the best information about health here in the great city of Nashville. Welcome to the latest episode of the Nashville Fitness Podcast. Today we are changing it up just a little bit. So uh, normally we've had a great privilege of uh, interviewing quite a few folks here on the Nashville Fitness Podcast, but uh, today what instead we did was a joint episode with another uh, local podcast here in Nashville called the Caffeinated and Confident Podcast. It's another great podcast that really has a similar mission and vision to us, and, and that's just to to get great information and great education out to you guys. So we did a joint episode uh, in which we talked a little bit about uh, why movement is medicine and why it is so important for us to, to kind of continue to be active, especially during the season of, of COVID-19 and uh, really just all the continual evidence that comes out of, of why it's so important to keep moving. And uh, man, we talked a little bit about uh, some some home desk movement as well, why it's important for us to not be sitting at our desk all darn day. And uh, guys, so thanks so much for checking this episode out, and I hope you enjoy. So, Chris, how's it going? It's going good, man. Thanks so much for uh, having me, and uh, looking forward to hanging out with you guys and uh, talking shop today. Yeah, dude, we are excited to have you in the in, in studio. I know, um, man, you guys got the sweet studio set up. We, yeah, we were looking forward to this for, what, a week and a half, two weeks yeah. now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, back and forth. Hey, Instagram, right? Or is you know, it? Instagram is the amazing world to connect people these, this day and age. Well, and Harlow over here, he's connected with so many people through Instagram. We've we've really grown that community through there. So it's, I'm like, who'd you find out? Oh, <laughs> who, who is this guy? Yeah. Is this, who's a stranger you're having on today? No, I, I mean, I do the same thing. It's like Instagram's a great way to connect with people and figure out. Hey, there's there's a lot of good opportunities in Nashville. So, well, well let's let's warm up. Yeah. Well, let's give so give the uh, audience a little background and tell us, uh, well, tell them who you are and and what you got going on. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my name is Chris Beavers. Uh, I own Momentum Sports and Performance, which is uh, my physical therapy practice in which we treat uh, active individuals. You know, we treat a ton of CrossFit athletes, uh, functional fitness athletes. Really, our primary mission is to say, hey, we want you guys to continue to be able to work out. You know, without pain, uh, without surgery, without rest. Right. That's that's the advice that a lot of people give you. Uh, and we know in this day and age, hey, activity is, is key. It's important for us to continue to be active. And, and really, I don't want an injury to be another excuse for someone to not be able to work out. And so uh, that's why we created our practice. And, uh, and then obviously, we have our podcast, you know, the Nashville Fitness Podcast as well, in which we kind of all have a similar mission and vision where, uh, man, we just want to highlight local fitness opportunities and, and, and take people from, hey, being inactive to let's, let's get people moving a little bit more. And again, the season of COVID and all kinds of other crazy things, activity is key, man. So, yeah, that's a little bit about, about me. Born and raised in Nashville as well, so not many of us left. And uh, it's good to uh, to see Nashville changing. And, uh, you know, still a couple of locals left. It's one or two of us. Yeah. yeah. you're Well, you're a unicorn, right? Like, yeah. you know, everyone you run into is like, oh, no, I'm not. I'm not from Nashville at all. I'm I mean, like, you just automatically assume, hey, where are you from? You know? Yeah. Me and my wife are the only, like, me and my wife both from Nashville. So it's like you have this conversation. Oh, there's two of you guys in the same place. Like what, what is this? This is rare for both of us to be here. Yeah. And well, even my wife and I, she didn't, wasn't born here, but she grew up here. And then I, you know, came up in the 96. So You've been here a while. We, we take Nashville as our own at this point. Oh yeah. I, I agree. I grew up out here. I mean, originally South Carolina, but this, I mean, eighth grade from, uh, yeah, this is where you yeah, grew up. Nashville, yeah. yeah. We've seen all the, this is all the growth. Yeah. This yeah is I mean, if, if you were here pre 2000, I mean, you've watched this place change just as much. I mean, 
only 29 years old. So it's like, yeah. you know, if you've, uh, if you've been here any period of time, you've watched this place change and, and it just blew up, you know, it's crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's still it, moving here. Yeah. And we talked about it before we started recording how, you know, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, there's certain areas you wouldn't dare hang out in, and now there's, like, the best restaurants and the best coffee shops and the best everything in that area, right? Oh, yeah, that's how it goes, man. I mean, that was one of our rules in college. I went to Lipscomb, and, like, they, you know, we, we had a few rules at Lipscomb, let's just be honest, but one was, like, <laughs> do not go to East Nashville. Yeah, right. And now we're doing coffee reviews, like, every other weekend in East Nashville. Yeah. It, it, like I said, I mean, we drive from Spring Hill to, to, to East Nashville all the time to go eat dinner because there's yeah. all the good stuff there. Well, <laughs> speaking of coffee in neighborhoods, uh, I had to stop this morning because Arlo asked me, on, he says, hey, are you stopping for coffee before you come to the gym? I can, you know, do you need coffee? <laughs> and so I hit up Frothy Monkey in the Nations um, for his quad shot. But, uh, <laughs> well, you, when you come to the Caffeinated and Confident podcast, you come with caffeine. Yeah. So yeah. Um, Exactly. But, yeah, that neighborhood, too. I would never have gone there before, but now it's we stopped there because we're a huge fan of that coffee. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it. Well, sweet. Well, we're going to jump in and kind of it's a different world these days. Like you said, uh, your business definitely got affected by the shutdowns, gyms, and this because you want people to stay in the gym. Sure. Um, so how – really, how did that go? How, how has your year been? Yeah, I mean, I think I think for a lot of – I mean, I think – my practice is pretty similar to, to most gym owners, right? You know, it's the top of the year starts really hot and, and, and everyone's back in the gym going 110. And then, you know, all of that came kind of to a screeching halt come March. And, and really you try to try to be creative at that point, right? I mean, me being a medical provider, I, was, I had some folks that had surgery, some really acute cases. Like we had to see some people in the clinic still. Unfortunately, we were able to do that. Just a weird time, you know, it's like, it's like a scary movie or something. You walk outside and it's foggy and there's no, you know, nobody's moving anywhere, right? It's right. just weird. Uh, but yeah, you know, so we, we shut down a little bit, you know, much slower, uh, during, during, uh, you know, the, the shutdown and, uh, you know, people weren't being as active as they were. They weren't in the gym. I think there was probably still certainly injuries that were popping up at that point. Um, you know, people were changing their, their training habits, but really what, what I've seen now is, is where we weren't as active as we, we needed to be when we were at home, right? We're, we're sitting around, everyone's probably drinking and eating more than they, they would have before. And, uh, and then now I've seen this just massive influx of injuries. I've seen a ton of like herniated disc and low back pain. And like, there's just been so much of that that started to creep up, you know, coming May, June, and even now, right? I mean, we went from being very inactive and then we went to, you know, going 210 miles an hour in the gym and, and we're wondering why, man, I've got all these aches and pains that I did not have before. Um, and so really we're, we're catching a lot of that in the clinic now and trying to rehab that and, and just keep folks active as we can. So that's, I think that's kind of been our year in a nutshell, you know, a little bit of slowdown and now we're, we're back to where we were essentially in, in that regard because people are beating themselves up. <laughs> and so you, so I'll go back and the thing, I mean, you have some common interest with, uh, the Kelly Starrett and, yeah. you know, love that guy, but his, his book Deskbound. Yeah. Are you really seeing a lot of that now come to fruition? Like, because yeah. We're probably, I mean, what we're seeing from our clients in the gym, no one's at a traditional desk, so they're even <laughs> setting in a more horrible state than they were even in the office. Yeah, right. I mean, you got these guys, uh, you know, crunched up on the couch, and I, I, I wish I had stock in like uh, standing desk at this point. I think everyone's going back <laughs> and investing in it, investing in them because it's so important. But uh, yeah, you know, we're seeing a ton of that stuff. You know, neck pain. Uh, you know, low back pain and, and just, you know, I get a lot of questions about it as well on social media, you know, posting some of that content about those kind of things that, like we were doing during quarantine. And yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, if you sit in, in one crappy position all day long, it's like, yeah, no wonder your, your neck's starting to hurt and your shoulders are starting to hurt. 
but really the big thing is, you know, you know we want to blame posture for everything, right? Really the key is, is movement on a regular basis, right? Like that's the bigger issue with this. I mean, if I sat in, in quote unquote, uh, you know, perfect posture, if I sat up good and tall all day long, my back and neck would probably start hurting because this is impossible to sit in all day. But again, the same token, if I'm slumped over my desk for eight hours on end, yeah, absolutely. I mean, my neck's going to hurt, my back's going to hurt, all these other things. And, and, and now, you know, we don't, we don't break it up at all either, right? We're stuck at home all day long. So instead of, hey, get up, you know, I drive, I go to work, uh, maybe I go to lunch, or I'm, I'm going between, you know, meeting rooms with people where you're going to be sitting at a different desk. You're going to be driving in your car for a second. You're going to be, uh, you know, all of these things. You're changing your position regularly versus what's happening at home now. I mean, I talked to my in-laws who are in IT, and, like, they're slammed back-to-back eight hours a day with meetings back-to-back-to-back. So it's like you don't get up. You, you don't even hardly go use the restroom. You, you're you sitting at this crappy setup all day long, and it's like, yeah, and then you couple that with stress and, hey, I'm eating the cookies or whatever it is that, that that's on top of it as well. So I've got this multitude of, of issues that are contributing. You know, I've got – Lack of movement, you know, I'm stressed out because of the, the shenanigans of the world that's going on around us. Nutrition suddenly pretty bad as well. You know, sleep habits may be interrupted in some capacity. And so now it's it's really this conglomerate of issues that has contributed to some of these things. Well, I, and speaking of desks, I invested into the uh, stand-up desk immediately because I just couldn't have the traditional chair desk set up because I knew I was going to be in the office at my house for an extended time. So... Now I have the option to, you know, maybe start the day in the morning reading emails, sitting down, but then, you know, 10 o'clock or 9 o'clock, I'm, I've raised it up, I'm standing, and then maybe, I don't know, for an hour in the afternoon, I'll lower it back down, but it's, it's up and down, so I'm constantly varying that stance, but it, it, it makes a difference, and it's such a little difference, but it does because, man, it's sitting in that chair all day. <laughs> On meeting after meeting after meeting, it does. It kills your back. Dude, it does. Yeah. Uh, but then the, the back end of that is, you know, we, and you brought it up as, uh, for a, a brief moment there. It's you're at work, you're at home. When you're not at work, you're at home. So there's not um, a, a definite cutoff of one or the other. Yeah. So then you don't know, is this work time? Is this at home time? My brain is like, am I shutting off now? Do I keep going? We could keep working. You know, we can keep thinking about these stressors at work because we're at work. Instead of me leaving the office, taking the car ride home, leaving that at the office, going home to a place where it's like, okay, I don't have all that office stuff here. So now I've brought it home and it's in my house. Yeah. Uh, so now it's like coupled with all that, I'm in the house all day and I look forward to coming to the gym in the afternoon, but am I just sitting all day and then immediately going, you know, a hundred miles an hour in the AMRAP, uh, <laughs> you know, honestly, because I've been looking forward to it all day. Am I just causing myself extra injury? Yeah, I mean, you certainly start asking those questions, you know, again. You know, I think injury, injuries, again, are multifold, right? Again, if I and, – and gym sometimes, too, it, you know, it's – we want to get as much activity in that time period as we can, right? So I, I'll see this at some gyms as well, right, where we're stacking on, hey, uh, I've got to get in a, a weightlifting portion. I've got to get in a Metcom portion. Uh, maybe we have some other accessory stuff pl- programmed in there as well. And we don't spend any time warming up. Like I've been to some gyms where it's like, hey, we got to get to this as quickly as we can because I want to provide the most value for our members. I think more now than ever, it's like, man, either preach to your members to get here five, ten minutes early, which for some people is not reasonable. Or hey, we better program in some five, ten minutes of, hey, maybe we need to get get into some breathing patterns with these people, and maybe we need to, 
get into some some movement patterns that just help loosen this tissue up or at least start providing some value um, and say, hey, you need to work on these five or ten things because, like you said, you know, I'm, I'm, our schedules are so maxed out at the gym. Man, we've got to really be able to move and, and loosen these tissues up. Yeah, well, and for going back on what you said, I've heard, I can't remember who it was, I heard someone say, well, you don't just jump in your car, start it, and put it in drive. So why do you do that to your body? Like, you got to warm it you got to warm up the oil, as they say. And get get all, yeah. And we at the gym currently, we do about a 12-minute warm-up. Uh, just that's standard. Don't We're not going to get around that. That's what we do. I mean, we just – 12 minutes is kind of an odd number, but it's just you can still talk. You can still get a sweat. Mm, You're not stressed good. out like, oh, I got to go, I got to go, I got to go. Like, all right, let's just get warm. You need to, like, at least get warm, sweat a little bit. And uh, we've also – I don't program – heavy lifting every day. I don't have the games athletes here. We have moms and dads and all that. We, we touch a bar majority of the week, but our heavy lifting is usually Monday. We, we start the week off with that and we've had some great success with that. So going back to what you're saying, should the model change a little bit for these gyms? Should we kind of, cause we're not moving as much. Should the model change? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, gyms fall victim to, oh, I always need a weightlifting component and a Metcon component. I'm here to tell you, no, you really don't. You know, I mean, if, if there's a day where, hey, maybe, you know, hey, I'm in a strength cycle right now, maybe put a little heavier focus on, on moving a barbell, right? We're going to move it, you know, not with intensity, but we're going to move it with intention and we're going to work on, you know, pattern, you know, pattern our barbell. We're going to work on getting into these good positions, right? Like that could be the focus. And then maybe we have a quick five-minute Metcon or something, something just to get the heart rate elevated. Or on the contrary, hey, maybe maybe we have a little bit of a longer Metcon today and we don't have any strength stuff. Or, you know, maybe we program some stuff that's going to have some interference in our workout where it's like, you know, call it handstand push-ups. I don't know if you guys do handstand push-ups here. Or, uh, hey, maybe I'm going to move a little bit of a heavier strict press in the middle of my workout. That's going to slow me down but it's still going to be my strength portion of that particular day. But, you know, to answer your question about should the model change a little bit, I think so. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I've been to several gyms where, again, it's, it's get in the car, hit, hit, <laughs> throw it in uh, drive and, and just get after it. And uh, that's certainly a problem, right? That's going to lead to, you know, you got some, you know, middle-aged and older adults who are trying to, to keep up with these 20, 30-year-olds. And unfortunately, that's just not going to happen if they don't program in a specific warm-up. And I think a lot of people don't know what to do either. You know, it's like, I mean, I get people in the clinic all the time. That, oh, yeah, I've been doing CrossFit for you know 10 years, you know, and, and they, they don't know how to warm up, you know, and it, it's surprising almost that, that people don't know how to do some of those things. It kind of surprises me. Oh yeah. Well, and I, I got to give credit to uh, Harlow here because we do have a, a younger yeah. clientele here. Uh, and you know, he does stress, like he talked about the warm ups, and, but I do come in here and Steve and I are, the same age right now um but we i do come in here and i get pride if i can i feel feel really good if i can beat some of the younger guys that's great um but i also feel like i have to keep up with them right even if i am older than them and so i might go heavier or harder in some of the um you know body weight stuff or some of the oh if there's a run involved i got you (laughs) don't yeah you're you're done this is my jam yeah uh but it's it's i know i create the the competition in my head but it's like, oh, yeah, I can't let that younger guy beat me. I think there's a healthy bit of that. But but the same token, you know, especially from a Metcon standpoint, people want to just, you know, redline themselves every single day of the week. And, and that's you just can't do that. I mean, 
Like I'm 29 and, and before my son got here, I feel like I could redline myself a little bit more during the week, but it's like I'm not sleeping as much. Hey, stressed out from running a business and being a dad now and, and trying to be a good husband and all these other things. Right. But all of those things can feed into, you know, injuries. Right. And if you just come in here and redline yourself every single day, it's like, it's a recipe for disaster. Well, speaking of that, I, I see you're repping the whoop over there. Oh man. Everybody's Carlo everybody's and I are, game. yeah, I'll do. We are all about it here. Um, because we had all that, we're like, why are we feeling like shit today? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Well, I'm like, I want to see the data behind it. Uh, so we invested in these, what, almost a year? For, you know, six, seven, eight months ago? I mean, we jumped in pretty early during, well, probably May, right? I think May. Uh, but, the, I mean, we the data I live is, by this stuff, uh, yeah, man. Me, um, me as well. Yeah. I mean, the data is unparalleled. I mean, how have you guys used it for, for some of your stuff? Well, depending on, I know for myself, recovery-wise, oh, if I'm not at like a certain level, I've, I've called out before. Yeah. yeah. Or I'll come in and say, hey, I'm, I'm going to go really, really light yep. because it's just going to cause injury. I'm not recovered. I'm not where I should be. Um, st- Strain-wise, we sort of compare each other's strain. Sure. No. But, um, yeah, I think we're more on the recovery end and the sleep end. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What, what about you? And for me, I honestly, number one was all their papers on the, respira- res- the respiratory rate and yeah, how they were, they were tying it to COVID because as a business owner, yeah. which you know, and being around people, I was like, all right, we got to open. This is this is life. I got to get this place up and running. I can't test every day. Right. I need something. I, and for me, it was to kind of push the stress down, right? I didn't want to be stressed out just about am I going to cause someone to be sick. Uh, so that respiratory rate was, A, the number one, and then getting into my recovery because I'm here all day, so I always have opportunity to move, or most of the day I'm here. So I was like, well, if I got a 15 15- percent recovery i don't need to be trying to throw heavy weight today right Right. yeah i mean so using the respiratory rate's been huge for me as well you know so i mean whoops you know put a ton of case studies out at this point i mean nick watney one of the the uh, pro pro golfers you know respiratory rate was kind of growing and uh you know outside of his norm and he he tested and and tested positive a couple days you know before he even was feeling symptoms and so that's absolutely something that I'm utilizing it for. I mean, newborn at the house and being a business owner, it's like I'd feel pretty terrible giving this to any patients at this point. So, uh, yeah, like you say, it, it gives you at least something to start looking at ahead of time. Uh, but then, like you say, the, I mean, there's so much data on HRV, which is what WHOOP uses. And, I mean, I was looking at some of the studies on that before, you know, WHOOP kind of became super popular and um, – I mean, the data on it's just great. It's fantastic. And, and and there's so many things that feed into killing your, your recovery rate or, or your HRV, right? I mean, I've seen things like a heavy training day, right? I mean, I know by the end of the week, I'm not going to be able to push nearly as hard. So I'll push myself a little bit harder in a Metcon Monday, Tuesday. But man, by the back end of the week, and I, I've started to use you know the data that I'm getting on myself and the research I'm reading to, to talk to patients about this stuff because they just don't understand Oh, they think, oh, a little bit of exercise is good, so therefore if I do a whole lot of it, it's going to be better, right? Which is not the case. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, speaking of HRV, uh, I know uh, we have a, a second coach here who coaches maybe uh, once a week, uh, depending on you know Their schedule, schedules. Yeah. But she did like a whole paper on HRV. HRV. Oh, that's great. So she's master's in kinesiology. That's uh, super so cool. during her master's program, she wrote that, which we're trying to get in and have her talk more, but we've as coaches, we've kind of kept separate just to sure. be safe until we get it all figured out. But now she's on the whoop, so we'll, we'll probably be a little more. Uh, hey, what's your resting heart? You know, yeah. what's your what's your respiratory rate? Oh, you're good. 
you know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fascinating some of the things that play into it. I mean, even your own personal stress. I mean, I know, like, you know, if I'm if I've got a podcast I'm doing that day, I've treated several patients, I've worked out hard. It's like, man, I'm going to be, you know, even if I sleep a ton, I'm going to have a tough time recovering and being able to go hard in the gym the next day. So. What what was your recovery this morning? Let's let show of hands. Who got above an, an eighty? Ooh, not me. Not me. What was? Well, uh, I think I was. Uh, I think I was like 70 percent. Also had a beer last night, so uh, <laughs> that, that's that what did that. <laughs> uh, seventy. I think I'm at seventy or seventy two. Ninety seven. Oh, dang! Killed it, man. <laughs> Somebody stayed home yesterday. Dude, I, I did, and I got like eight hours of sleep. It was like you one hundred percent sleep. Yeah, and no no activity yesterday. That's the that's the winning combination. Yeah, so I had zero activity yesterday. I slept for like seven and a half hours, which is pretty darn good when you got a four month old in the house. <laughs> so, um, so minimal stress yesterday. Didn't I saw like one patient yesterday? So uh, literally didn't really do much of anything. But I had uh, I had like two three drinks last night, and like that just crushes your recovery. And I think a lot of people don't realize that either. I mean, I feel I felt fine. You know, I mean, I could have legally driven a car, and and still that crushes your recovery. Well, uh, what at what time did you have the drinks? Too? Yeah, so that that feeds into it as well. So I mean, it was post dinner. Yeah, I mean, we're talking like seven to nine, probably. Right. You know what I mean? So it's right at that end where it just inhibits. Everyone's like, "Oh, you know, sleep better when you drink." It's like, no, it no. inhibits your ability to get into deep REM sleep, which is restorative. It's going to let your cells your cells clean themselves up in the evening. Uh, that's huge. Well, for me, I've noticed that too. So I guess Thanksgiving Day, I had a couple of drinks, but I had them like mid afternoon. And I still, I, I got into the 70s uh, for the next day recovery, but I had a mid-afternoon and I drank a gallon of water probably at some, you know, during the day. Just, But I'm starting to see not only alcohol, like if I kind of eat junky because I get home late, if I just like basically spike my insulin, you know, just because I'm eating high carb at night, my recovery is junk. In the Interesting. Next day. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of that. I mean, the HRV is built on, you know, how, you know, how ready your body is to take on strain, right? But, it, you know, there's so many rhythms of like, our, we're built on rhythms, you know, I, I was listening to a whoop podcast, and they were talking about like, you put your newborns on a schedule, like your body is also the same way, right? Hey, I eat, you know, I wake up at 6am, I eat breakfast at 630. I have coffee at that point, you know, and if you're constantly disrupting that, you're, you know, like I said, you get home late, and you're, you know, you eat outside the norm or you go six, seven, eight hours without eating like that stuff can feed into your yeah. body's ability to recover. And we wonder why these CrossFit games athletes <laughs> can go 110 two or three times a day. Because it's a military schedule. Exactly. They and, get yeah. paid to recover, right? Yeah. Like they they sleep a ton. They don't have any stress. Their only stress in their life is a workout. Like we have so many other stressors in our lives. Yeah, 100%. Uh, so I, I did want to bring up this point because I think we've had, you're the third physical therapist we've had on the show that's awesome i knew uh, you guys had been on here ben's yeah. a great dude shout <laughs> great out to dude. ben yeah, yeah. Um, big, big fan <laughs> but uh with that i know that physical therapy's always been out there i mean but it just seems like it's more prevalent now um is that just with the times is that just a new emphasis on you know uh beating doctor you know beating the doctor visit or yeah. like is it just really tied in with, with gyms nowadays? Yeah, so I think several things have, have happened, right? So, you know, physical therapy has become more popular. I will say that. Um, you know, I mean, you can find a big PT clinic on just about every corner. I mean, you could literally, if I you know, opened up Apple Maps or Google Maps, I'd find six, seven, eight just from around where we are currently. So, I mean, I think there's a ton of PTs out there. And I feel like it's, it's city-dependent a little bit as well, right? So big metro areas, you're going to find more than you would in rural areas, for, for example. 
Uh, and then I feel like there's this kind of this new wave, you know, of, of PTs who are starting to say, I'm really tired of this crappy watered down care that you're going to get somewhere else. Um, and, and so I think there's definitely this movement. I think Kelly Starrett probably started a lot of this, right? You know, Kelly Starrett really said, hey, I'm going to teach people to move a little bit better and, and really, t- you know, coupled this with a gym setting. And there's still a wave of PTs who say deadlifting is bad for your back, which is just nonsense. You know what I mean? Uh, or, or overhead press is going to tear your rotator cuff. Or, you know, it, it just all this nonsense and these myths that are kind of propelled out there. There's some really, really bad PTs. Uh, and I unfortunately get a lot of their secondhand work sometimes. They're just like, oh, this is terrible. But definitely there's this new wave of PTs who are starting to say, you know, especially here in Nashville, there's a bunch of them that are starting to say, hey, we're tired of the status quo. We want to be able to treat patients, you know, one-on-one and, and really be able to give them an elevated uh, quality of care and to teach them to move better, right? Uh, I don't need to see somebody two or three times a week, which is what a lot of these clinics preach. It's like if I can, you know, a grumpy shoulder, call it six to eight weeks before it's going to feel 100% better. But if I can teach you to move better or improve mobility where we need to improve it or, uh, you know, just work on your bar path, or, you know, whatever it is that we need to work on with you, giving you the tools and the education to do it, that's what's going to empower somebody. And, and I'm thankful that my profession is starting to turn the corner a little bit and say, hey, let's partner with gyms, right? I mean, that's my biggest mission is to say, you guys are on the forefront of preventing heart disease, diabetes, all these other really, really preventable diseases. If people move a little bit more, let me couple, you know, let me partner with you guys to say, hey, let's, you know, let's not let an injury be one other excuse for somebody. So I love it. Oh, we tied it into healthcare there. We've talked about that too. So do you really feel that this is going to be more of a, a combination or a portion of your overall, you know, healthcare plan? So instead of going to your doctor every day, you know, or your doctor should say, hey, are you moving more? in order to maybe lessen the uh, prescription drug or the, you know, the pill you take? Yeah. I mean, I, I think absolutely. I had a uh, endocrinologist on my podcast, uh, Dr. Rodney Snow. He's a big pro CrossFit guy, uh, works out of CrossFit Nashville. And, and he's again, also on that forefront of saying, Hey, like he, I think I was telling you the story. He had a guy who had uh, a resting uh, blood sugar in the, in the three hundreds, right? Like 30 year old guy, right? Super overweight. I mean, hundreds normal, right? So, I mean, he's way over the limit. Primary care sent him over and said, hey, this guy needs, you know, some diabetes medication. Like, we need to help manage this. And he was like, dude, I can help you with diet change if you if you want, right? Uh, so, he sent him over to his nutrition partners and, and really, over the course of a couple of months, got him where he wanted to go. I mean, he didn't have he didn't have high blood pressure anymore. He didn't have diabetes anymore and without medication, you know? And so I think there's certainly some new waves of physicians that are starting to do this as well. Um, you know, there's a bunch of, you know, integrative and functional medicine physicians who are starting to really focus on these things. You just have to seek it out, right? That's the big thing, right? If you just kind of go through the system and, and I mean, you can get ran down the ringer, eight, nine, 10 people, you know, PT, Cairo, uh, you know, orthopedic surgeon, you name it, like the They'll run you down the list, but you got to start asking questions. You got to be an advocate for your own health and say, "Hey, like I don't want to take medication. I don't want to have surgery." And that's one of our biggest things on this podcast. We we've talked in many other podcasts. We've had uh, many functional fitness doctors, you know, and, and guys who are true CrossFitters or they really believe in movement. But they their number one thing is like you have to be an advocate for yourself. Your doctor is not the person that should make the choices for you, and like. Growing up, in a, and part of my drive is grew up in a family that was sick and in the hospital, right? That's part of my drive to stay healthy and stay moving. 
it's always that way. They just, whatever the doctor said, do it. Like, no matter what, like, take this pill, take that pill. You see three doctors, and every doctor gave you a different pill, but those doctors didn't really coordinate together. So everybody just went along for the ride, but yeah. you have to do self-care now. It's huge. Yeah. It, it's scary. I'll get people in the clinic, and they're like, yeah, I had shoulder surgery, uh, you know, two years ago. What kind of shoulder surgery did you have? I, I don't know. You know, I, you let some guy put you to sleep and, and start cutting on you. You have no idea what it was. Like, that's a problem. Oh, what kind of medication do you on? I have no idea. You know, you can't even pronounce half these things, and people will just at face value. Now, that's not a, a grounds to be negligent, right? You need to change something, right? Otherwise, you're going to be bound for those things. Uh, but, it, again, it's funny. You know, Nashville's kind of this healthcare mecca, but we're so good at throwing pills at people and surgery at people when some of this stuff's avoidable, if you just start asking questions and, and start taking the tools. Right. And, and it's especially specifically with maybe the older generation. So let's say sure. your mom or your loved one or your dad, whoever is going to the doctor maybe, and, and you're going with them and they may not ask the questions. That's your position as, as their, you know, relative to step up and be their voice and say, Hey, why is he taking that pill? Or does he really need that? Or here's this list of medications that he got from his other doctor. This is what you need to consider, you know, but that sort of ties in with, you know, healthcare and the healthcare industry and the software now. And it's a little bit more integration between interoperability between, you know, you can see medications that your, uh, your uh, patient's been on or, or has been prescribed. But uh, I think that's that patient advocacy is still a huge part, even if it's not for yourself. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, you absolutely 100% have to do it. You can't rely on, on your physician to come up with these things, right? Like they're busy. They've got you know, hundreds of patients that they're yeah. caring for. I mean, that's part of the reason why I stepped out of the, the practice I was in. I was seeing 80 to 100 people a week. I'd have three, four, five people running around at the clinic at the same time. I'm like, I can't teach you to move better, you know? It's like, this is dumb. And so, you know, and that's partly why some of these functional med doctors are stepping out on their own and PTs are stepping out on their own. Again, if your provider's not getting the job done for you or you feel like you're not making progress, find a second opinion. Like, there's a 100 million doctors in this area, right? And some really good ones at that matter. And the same thing with CrossFit athletes, like, or, or functional fitness athletes all the time. It's like, man, if they don't understand your sport and they're not telling you, they're telling you to stop lifting weights. It's like, go find somebody who knows these things. A hundred percent. Like I can't, <laughs> like I, we probably say this every part. I don't care if we're talking about coffee or fitness or what we always like self care. Like you got to have it. And I think in my mind, hopefully that's what we're seeing based on your question of seeing this, you know, more people trying to find PT or find an avenue to not have to be on a, under the knife or on a medication we're actually getting into a world where our younger doctors grew up in the functional fitness or they grew up more with a fitness mindset because uh, growing up a lot of my even my doctors were overweight smoked and drank but right. they wanted to tell me what to do i'm like you know and you didn't see that until you got older in life and i'm like why am i listening to you right. i want to get i want someone that either looks like me or thinks like me one of the two Absolutely. Yeah. I always, yeah, I get that a lot in my practice now is like people are, Oh, you're actually in a gym. I'm not around, you know, the biggest weight I had in my previous clinic was like 10 pounds and a bunch of therabands. You're like, this isn't going to get the job done for that 500 pound deadlift, you know? Right. (laughs) Right. Find somebody who speaks your language. And Uh, yes, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And then for you, body under tension, right? You, sometimes you can't see what the problem is until the body is under tension. Like a relaxed body doesn't show the same, uh, I guess, negative abilities until you put it under tension. Is that a a correct statement? Oh, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's like, 
hey, I've got pain with back squats. Okay, let's see an air squat. That looks pretty good. There's no issue with that, right? But if we start strapping some weight on there and then we start seeing some movement faults, you know, maybe we have a, a hip shift or, or maybe, uh, you know, knees caving in a little bit at the bottom of the squat or uh, one of those kind of good morning squats where the, the butt kind of shoots up a little bit quicker than the other, you know, whatever it is, that stuff starts exaggerating under load or under tension. And then it's like, ah, that, that was a problem. Because I've done the same thing. It's like, I don't really see anything there. But as you start loading people up, it's like, oh, wow, there's our issue, right? And then you take a video of it, and it's you know, plain as day for everybody. Yeah. And, and that's the other issue. You, know, you start pushing intensity. You get somebody in a Metcon, and, and you know, movement patterns will really start you know, coming out. Like somebody's got a squat-related issue, almost always will have them you know, kind of look at some wall balls or something like that, especially if it's a trigger for them. Man, because they're not thinking about it, like, oh, I'm just getting the ball up to the target, and they'll just, you know, they'll not sit there and think about their movement pattern. It's like, ah, there's the problem that that we've been looking for. Yeah, well, it's I'm cursing every time I'm doing wall ball, so it's not the it's not the wall ball. It's I'm like, why am I doing this again? Damn it, Harlow! <laughs> heart rate out of control. Yeah, yes. How do you spike a heart rate? Wall balls, always, <laughs> always, or burpees. Yes. Yeah, salt bike close third. <laughs> oh no, that may be that may be the winner. Like, oh, kills it. Um, so I would t- we covered COVID kind of gyms closing people you're, you're saying you're seeing more injury. So here's the question I have. We're all at home. And even for, even when some of our people at home, we, 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 Hey, here's a dumbbell, a plate, some kind of weight. Here's an ab mat. We'll give you what we got to keep you at least having some kind of, uh, you know, body under tension. But then even some of those people are like, well, hey, thank you. And, everything. you know, I'm, I'm doing these workouts, but I'm starting to run more. Yeah. Is the running more? Are you seeing, all right, people who didn't run, didn't run. Now they're just grinding their bodies into the ground. Is that where you're oh, seeing some 100%. of this? hundred percent. People automatically assume like running is like the best form of exercise. Like, oh, I want to get in better shape. I'm just going to start running, you know? And it's like, I, I think running's a great, you know, if you love running, great run. You know what I mean? But, but again, People are, are going from zero to 110. People automatically assume, like, let's call it, you know, plantar fasciitis or, or foot pain in some capacity. Oh, I have flat feet. I've got bad feet. You know what I mean? It's like, no, you just went from not running at all to running like 15 miles a week. It's like, no wonder your feet hurt. You know what I mean? And people automatically want to place a blame on some structural deficit that they have. I just have a bad back, right? Like, so every time I run, my back starts hurting. Well, it's like, no, you just haven't loaded yourself appropriately. I mean, that's like me. I mean, I'm probably in the best shape I've been in in my life. But if I went out and started, I don't run very often, except a quick 400 in a Metcon, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if I went out and started running, you know, call it 10 miles a week, it's, something's going to start hurting. You know what I mean? And I think that's the biggest mistake people make is they don't load themselves appropriately. So then they, they draw the correlation. Well, I've got, again, a bad back or bad feet. Or, or running, I just can't run, right? So, so therefore, they just stop doing it altogether. And, and it's like, no, you, if you just dose that appropriately, if you say, hey, I'm not going to increase my mileage more than 10% in a week and really be methodical with how you do it, that's going to be a big key for, for you to be able to run without creating pain or find somebody to look at your running form. That's the other thing. No, well, that, and so I started running years and years ago, and I was not a runner for years, years, but I had all these friends that were, marathon and Ironman and just, you know, triathletes that would, every time we got together, they're talking running they're, I'm like, I need to be in on that conversation. So there's a, a great app out there. It's called couch to 5k. Yep. And you literally start by like run 30 seconds, stop, walk. And it's like, all right, run another 30 seconds. Stop. All right. That's your training for the day. Go home. And then, you know, you slowly progress. You have that, you know, 10% or whatever per whatever. And then before you know, it, you're like, 
oh, I ran a minute and now I can walk. You know, now I, I ran five minutes, now I can walk. And it's just a slow paced progression from you not being a runner to being able to run three miles. Um, that's what got me out of, out of my first race with a friend of mine was I did the, I followed it to a T, it works. Um, but in the same breath, I did go visit a physician prior to me getting really deep into it. And I said, hey, I'm about to start running. Just want to, you know, give me a physical, tell me what's going on, if there's anything I should be out, you know, on the lookout for. And uh, his words to me were, don't just run. He said, if you're going to run, train like a triathlete. Like, do more than just running because it's just, it's going to lead to pain. Yeah. And I've, it stuck in my head because I, and, you know, that's what led me to the gym, you know, five, four or five years ago was I can't just run. And I would feel it in some sort of, you know, IT band issues or stuff like that. Um, and it's because of lack of strength in other areas that I was not training at all. That just, I just, you know, would hope they fired correctly and they didn't, or, you know, I would take it, uh, take for granted that they were strong enough, but the truth comes out and it was just for me, lack of, you know, not focused on, on the general overall picture. Yeah. I mean, I think you need to be a well-rounded athlete. I can't go like me personally, my body doesn't take tolerate heavy CrossFit five, six days a week. Right. So again, you know, I love CrossFit. It's my primary mode of exercise, but I may come in here and, and hit, you know, on the back end of the week, I may do Metcons at 70, 75%, right? Just to, just to get in and move a little bit. But it's the same thing with running too, right? Have you some cross-training stuff built in there as well? Yeah, I mean, running is, is good. It's a great form of exercise. It can be protective to your joints long-term, protective to your muscles long-term, heart health, lung health, D, all of the above, right? But the key is, is have something else on board. Have a good warm-up. Have a good solid mobility plan if you you know have some mobility issues. Have a good solid uh, strength routine that you program in there a couple times a week. You know, be it at a gym or be it you know an app or something. Find some trusted source. But yeah, absolutely. Too much of, of a good thing is still going to create some problems in some capacity for you. Be a well-rounded athlete. I think is the biggest key with that. And for years, we get a lot of people who, for most of the clientele, I run a lot. That's you know they come in the door with that mindset because that's you can go out on the street and run. It's easy. And I always tell them, I said, well, when you get home, I want you to Google a marathon runner. Look, look at the top marathon runners. Then I want you to Google the top sprinters. I want you to look at the two body types. Way different. And which one do you want to look like? That's what we need, we need to set a baseline. Which, what are you going for here? And it's always like, well, I don't want to look like skin and bones. <laughs> like, exactly. So we got to put some weight. We got we to hit this. You got you to move weight. And it blows their mind. I'm just like, you got to lift weights. And then to tie more into that, so Mondays are our big, we just, we're basically, uh, we're warming up, we're going to do kind of an accessory on the front end, we're going to hit uh, five, usually like a, you know, five by five or a five, three, one kind of platform, uh, and then we're doing accessory work at the end. Every lady in this gym has their Apple Watch or whatever watch, they're like, man, I burned so much more calories on weight days. And I'm just like, please speak into the mic. Yeah, right. I want to record this right now. <laughs> And it blows their mind. I'm like, yes, moving weight will burn calories. Yeah, I mean, the, you're going to burn. It's same thing with the Metcon too. You know, it's like when you're when you're spending ten minutes moving a barbell versus you know two hours out on uh, running around. It's like, yeah, you're going to burn some more more calories moving weight and, and getting stronger. And when you are a stronger human being, you are more efficient at burning things. You know, yeah. lean muscle, not lean bone. Well, and, and like you said, efficiency. And I think that that wraps it. I mean, that's that ties it all together. 
efficiency is key. Yeah. yeah. And that's probably what COVID is going to show us, right? We're not as efficient. Like you spoke on, when we, we're not moving as much. We're not as efficient. We got to figure out how to be more efficient at home. And I, I know we've even had some members that have really done well transitioning. They've, they've done well on the transition. Uh, either a stand-up desk, uh, having their phone out, and they every hour they have a timer go off. That means, all right, I got to go walk around the house or whatever I wherever I can move. Some people can't do that because they're in two-and-a-half-hour <laughs> Zoom calls. But, you know, people are becoming more adaptive to their environment, which is great. But then other people are just – it is what it is, I guess, you know, and like you said, your, your in-laws have, they're in IT meetings. They're just locked into a computer. Like they, that's not really a choice, right? You just got to do it. Yes. Yeah, like turn, turn the video uh, feed off and uh, walk around the house. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like I uh, just, <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, you know, kids. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when you have to fake, like you have to fake the freeze. Oh, so you just yeah, be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And to that point and just sort of stop. I love it. Stay in there and then just cut out. Or not the, to say that I do that at all. Or the people, Speaking like an expert over here. Yeah. yeah. Or the people who figured out just to put a still photo in front of the camera while they go walk around the house. Those guys <laughs> <Yeah>. are geniuses. <laughs> I know. It was, all the, it was all the college kids, right? Yeah, right. there you go. Well, and so, and that's, you know, they adapted to whatever, you know, the need. But I think COVID in itself sort of really just pointed out, you know, our inefficiencies and our, you know, lack of, you know, whatever, movement, you know, uh, uh, ability to think outside of you know our normal routine and it just it just it forced us to you know change and nobody likes that <laughs> yeah absolutely i mean no one no one likes change i mean it threw the entire world off and kind of continues to do so and we kind of continually have to be adaptable but and i think it goes to show i mean i think i read a stats like 40 50 percent of americans are overweight or obese it's like guys we've got to change that like that is a problem like i've followed this uh, uh pt education company and and they were like be, be sure to take your, your your medicine and it was like a, a pill bottle with like a, a kettlebell in it and a pill bottle with a, a barbell in it. it's like beautiful you gotta continue to move and, and and adapt and and now more than ever like move a little bit guys like put a little less in your mouth and just work out just a little bit and i guarantee you like that's gonna just improve your survival rate for not only this but life in general right, right. A- aging poorly is is optional right like you can be the 60 year old running half marathons doing ironmans i had a 55 year old guy doing muscle ups in the clinic a couple months ago it's like you can be that guy or you can be the person that's darn near bound to bed at 55 and that's a crappy place to be 100 percent, 100 percent. well i mean honestly i've worked with a few clients that you know they have um they they're not in the best health anyway and then they have a, a, a fall. Their balance is off. They're just not moving enough. Their balance is off. And then they fall. Well, now we're way down the wormhole because, honestly, I got one gentleman right now that does good to stand up out of a chair because he's in so much pain to do that little bit of movement because he had an accident at the beginning of the year, didn't really get the PT treatment and all that because COVID hit. It's a bummer. Then he had some other stressors in life, uh, family, get sick and all this. And then he wasn't sleeping, so more stress in life. And now he's in this position of he gained a bunch of weight, body's not moving right, and we're just at this point. It's just like, all right, step one, is you're going to hate me, but we got to move. It's key. I mean, if you you know call yourself a hundred percent, right? You know, like all of us, we're active, we're healthy, we eat well, sleep well. You know, if we're at a hundred percent and an injury happens to you, you get cancer, or you have an accident, or something bad happens, you've got so much reserve in your tank. Versus, like you say, if you're already functioning at 
And then you have something like that happen. It's like, man, you don't have much reserve. Like that's a scary place to be. Uh, you know, take it's time to play offense, right? Like yeah. instead of us playing defense, you know, waiting on, uh, you know, our physicians to take care of us or a medication to take care of us or a vaccine to take care of us, right? Like take care of yourself, right? You can really increase your reserve from 50% to 100% or whatever by playing offense, being active. Just eat a couple more veggies, man. Like that's going to go a long way for you. Right. Well, so with all that together, I say in your current role and your, 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 you know, practice as a healthcare provider, um, you know, what do you find most fulfilling in that, in the, in their current state? Yeah. I mean, I think the, 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 being a PT, the, the best thing is, is watching somebody go from, man, I can't even lift my arm overhead. Man, I can't even squat, right? Like, you guys experience the same stuff. I mean, you, you watch somebody hit a PR, and it's like, dang, that's awesome. And same thing happens with me. It's like, you know, to watch somebody say, man, I can't even, you know, can't even hit 10 cows in a salt bike without my knee hurting, and, and boom, suddenly they're hitting 20. They're hitting 30. Suddenly they're hitting PRs with me all of a sudden, and you're like, all right, this is why I get up in the morning, you know? And, and, and just to be a part of somebody's story, you know, to say – Hey, we were a part of their journey from from them being able to not do what they love to do, and and now they're continuing to do it, and and now these people are playing offense, right? Like that's the biggest thing, and and again, why I love working with gyms and gym owners because you guys are on the forefront of that. Let's let's all be collaborative, and, and create this nice environment, right? Like I've got my own limitations, you know. If I need to send somebody out to a functional med physician, we will. You know, if we need to send them out to a, a mental health counselor, we will as well, you know, or, or that's why I like to do drop-ins at gyms too. Cause if I've got, Hey, I'm not liking the gym I'm at, I'm thinking about leaving. It's like, well, Hey, here's four other places you should try so that you continue to be active, you know? And it's, it's just fun being a part of that journey. Yeah. And that's, we talk about it all the time. It's community and it's a journey, you know, it's, it's a document your journey, you know, involve others in your community in your journey to, to maybe point out things or help you where you may not be as, you know, uh, knowledged in, um, but it takes everybody. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, I think that's amazing how that highlight of, you know, being able to see someone's progression. That's amazing. That's uh, amazing. It's so fun, man. It, it gets me up in the morning and, uh, keep, keeps, uh, keeps you coming back for more. Uh, <laughs> that's what you want, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. But then you end up loving what you're doing and are you really working? Yeah. The, the Monday scaries <laughs> don't happen very often anymore. Right. They don't have the Monday blues, right? Yeah. And yeah, like you, you, you nailed it, man. Just that PR or whatever. I think in, in my time in training people, some of the best things I've heard, and one was recently, older gentleman lives by himself, actually retired doctor. Uh, he was on some antidepressants, and now we've been moving for about four months, and he's off the antidepressants. Dude, that's crazy, isn't it? Right? It's like, like I'm like, oh, I win. Check check the box. Boom. Like movements, medicine. Like it it is more than just physical. It's mental. It's, it's everything, you know? So it's great. Yeah. I was either going to try that or micro dosing. <laughs> yeah, okay. Dude, let's get into this. I, I, I want to become popular from what I hear. It's <laughs> so crazy. Like, I mean, what is it? Ben Greenfield? Like yeah. he's the king of the micro dosing. I mean, he gets a little heavy in it cause he's not just doing mushrooms. He's doing some other stuff. <laughs> uh, let's do a podcast of the day. This business owner was way down the wormhole. Like he had a gym, then had these big time investors. They opened up this grand dosis gym that had like CrossFit, Pilates, spin. Like it was like CrossFit was in the center, and then on every corner of the building was another class of some sort. But he was two million dollars in debt Oof. because he had investors and they wanted their money. So he's going down this. He just in a bad relationship and he spiral, spiral. And he's like, "Well, I started microdosing mushrooms." 
seems like a solve to a yeah, $2 million well, yeah, debt you, problem. You, you want to open your mind? And I was yeah. like, I was like, well, you want to think differently? Yeah. <laughs> I, hey, I will say the hook got me on the podcast. I listened because I was like, uh, I got to find out how this ends. And so basically he just said it took him out. Of, it was his antidepressant. Like I've he, heard that a lot from some people. Yeah, he's like, it, op- it opened up his mind. It was more natural. He didn't want to take antidepressants because he was still in the fitness world. So sure. he had this like really gray area. He didn't want to be on antidepressants because he was in the fitness world. Like, you're supposed to be fit, right? I don't, uh, and move. But then he didn't want to declare himself depressed, but then he's always like, well, if a bus hit me, I wouldn't care. I'm not going to step in front of the bus, but if it hit me, you know, he was like <laughs> this real like crazy world. What? Microdose? And I guess there was some physicians that he, he has physicians guiding him through this microdosing. Has he really? Wow. Uh, so it was like a mic, you do X amount of microdose on Monday, then you take two days off. And it was like this real, like goes to regiment. It was really regimented. It wasn't like, I'm just going to take mushrooms every day. Yeah, that's wild. It was programmed. <laughs> and uh, lo and behold, between that, help opened up his mind, realized he was he had trapped himself, so now he's got to work to get himself out of it. He got out of the bad business deal and got back to what he loved, and now he's hugely successful again. That's wild. I I had never heard of it until honestly a couple months ago, and still really don't know a ton about it. I probably haven't listened to nearly as many podcasts as you have about it, but it, it's interesting. Yeah. Again, hey, find find your outlet and. Uh, that's healthy for you, right? We're not uh, condoning a large consumption of mushrooms, right? <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, find a community, find somebody around you, and continue to dive into those things. Yeah, yeah. Don't self-experiment with that. Yeah, this yeah. Is a, like this guy, found he found a, a, a holistic doctor that understood the, the, what could go wrong. But, yeah, right. Yeah, well, I do think, I strongly think that a lot of those will be included in – there's a lot more, you know, focus on is it does it really work? You know, there's studies and there's uh, you know clinical trials going on, and and there's money behind you know doing finding answers. So I think some of these will play a lot bigger role in the future uh, for like PTSD or mm-hmm. depression. You know, it it really it helps, and if it doesn't, if it can replace me taking the antidepressant or me you know wanting to jump in front of the bus. Yeah, that's and huge. Yeah, it, it works. So I, I think there'll be some definite move towards that in the future. Um, I can so for it, sure see that. Yeah. I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah, people thinking outside the box. And I, I've I've heard of it used in some of that PTSD Indeed. stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think that's huge, you know. I mean, if you can find something that's more effective than the current things we have, it's like, great. Yeah. Well, I mean, it just, the, you know, if it, prevent, if it prevents the suicide rate or brings it down. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, that rate's been out of control with covid and people stuck at home and, and not able to do the things that they want to do it's like dang it's yeah. that's a it's a scary thing it, it, it brought down the uh what was it the expected like your life expectancy it, it actually it decreased i think this year did it really yeah. wow yeah. i mean I, i'm not surprised I just mean, from you know not from covid itself but like yeah, the side suicide and, yeah. And, yeah, and, and i mean even in this town look i mean I, I don't know the stats in this town i mean we probably find it we looked it up but i mean look at all the businesses that have had to close and like in Nashville, we talked earlier, like, rent's not cheap. How do you walk away? You got five years on a lease, and you opened up last year. You got four years left. No matter how nice the company is, you're still coming out of pocket big chunks of money. Yeah, they're going to want it. Like, uh, and then you're closing your business. Um, and there's been a couple of restaurants that seriously opened last year, and then all their equipment went to auction this year. It's like crazy. auction. So you know they didn't hit prime rate on the auction goods. No, no, not at all. I mean, you got you got that happening, and you know, people sitting at home gaining weight. It's like... Instead of the freshman fifteen, we got the you know the quarantine fifteen. It's yeah. just like that's 
it's it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Well, well, with that, you know, businesses closing and and large offices not being really of value nowadays. Um, like, what what do you see for the future? I guess. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think there's going to be a shift to people working at home more, you know, and then people are going to have to continue to adapt and, and overcome some of this, hey, I'm stuck at home on a regular basis. Does that translate into, uh, you know, e-commerce business more as opposed to the brick and mortar? Oh, I think for sure, right? I've, I've been a long uh, component of online shopping, and I think more and more people will, will continue to do that. It's convenient, you know? I mean, Black Friday deals were, were online, you know, a month in advance this <laughs> yeah, year. right. I mean, we didn't do any Black Friday shopping. I, quite frankly, I don't need to, you know, get punched for last year's uh, model, you know, flat screen TV. Right. But, <laughs> but definitely, I mean, I think there's going to be this shift to, hey, we're going to be working from home more. We're going to be online more. We will continually disconnect a little bit as a society, and, and it's going to be you're going to have to be really intentional about connecting with your coworkers and connecting with uh, businesses and connecting with you know, other friends and family. It's like, get out of your hole, get out and move, man. No, oh, the intent. And, and I've always, you know, plugged that, you know, where's your intent? You know, you can, yeah, you can work online all day, but make your, you know, connect with people, like you say, you know, your family on, on but make a, you know, a direct, you know, that's got to be part of your plan as well. Yeah. I mean, I know some, some people who do uh, kind of corporate wellness stuff and it's going to be interesting to see how they shift that model a little bit and, and shift to this online digital, uh, you know, digital workouts, if you will, right? Like there's going to be a shift there too. But again, it's that intentionality standpoint. If you sit in your hole all day, it's like, and you're going to be pretty, pretty depressed. Well, with that said, like we get a lot of people saying like the hour at the gyms, now their mental health break. They're so out true. of the house, they're away from their children. Not to, You know, you, you, you got to get away. You got to get away, right? Because normally you would go to work. And so you get all that, but now you're stuck in the model. Uh, so this is their mental health. So what do you think on that? Well, gyms, and I'll call them micro gyms. I'm not going to go global gyms yep. because I think micro gyms has more of that community feel instead Great. of me throwing my headphones in and just going to Planet Fitness and walking on the treadmill. Are we going to see a boom in the micro gym industry? Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's a lot of them here in Nashville already. You know what I mean? So I, I definitely think, and I, I've talked to some gym owners that for sure, like they've seen an increase and in an influx in community. And I think that's what's always drawn people to CrossFit and, and micro gyms and is, man, that community is unheard of. You know, it's like you don't, again, at some of these big gyms, it's like, I just show up and go work out and do my own thing. It's it's as though you're working from home. You just changed your uh, your scenery a little bit, right? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think absolutely, right? People are – Const, I don't care who you are. People are constantly longing to belong in some capacity, right? And they're they're going to find it either in a gym or their local bar or whatever it is, right. you know. But absolutely, I think I think it, this is a unique opportunity for micro gyms to uh, to be able to to program some additional community things. Obviously, you know, it's tough gathering in this current climate, but I think one hundred percent, right? Like this is going to be this is going to be a safe haven for a lot of folks, not only from a fitness standpoint, but from a, a community and a belonging standpoint as well. I just like coming here because I see other people. Yeah, it's, like it's I, awesome, well, isn't it? Yeah, because you, you're online. You, you're emailing everybody every day, and I've, I don't have, you know, I need interaction face-to-face, even if it's masked, you know, masked-up face. Right. Um, I get to cohabitate with other humans. That was the weirdest thing for me. I mean, I'm used to seeing patients all day, every day, and even during quarantine, I still saw some, but still, it's like, 
this is kind of weird, you know? It's like, what do I do with myself? I guess I'll work out for an hour and a half. You know, I don't have anything yeah. else to do. Oh, darn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Worst things to do, yeah, but right. still, you know, you, you, you miss that community piece. And again, you got to plug in somewhere. If not, all kinds of uh, negative health, you know, be it physical and mental, are going to start creeping in on you. So with this shift going on, do you find yourself, I know we talked about Instagram earlier. Uh, do you find yourself with uh, putting out some content that's maybe, Hey, you know, you're stuck at home at the desk, do this for, you know, basic mobility movements or, Hey, you got a tight, you know, it band here, you know, this is how you roll it out. Um, I mean, do you, do you put out some of that on some of the social media? Yeah, outlets? absolutely. I think we've probably, I've probably got it away from it a little bit, uh, early on though. Absolutely. It's like, Hey, if, again, my mission, if I can give somebody one or two exercises or one or two helpful t- tips to prevent them from ever having to come see me, it's like, that's a win, you know? So absolutely. It's like, Again, that's the, the the piece of my social media is to give somebody, hey, here is an actionable step you can take to move a little bit more. If it, it can be as simple as one thing, you know, it can be as simple as like you say, setting a timer for an hour and getting up. It's like that's easy. Or it could be one simple neck stretch or one simple mid back stretch or whatever it might be. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I t- love to put put simple content out that doesn't require a ton of equipment and. And things like that to be able to accomplish what it is you're looking to accomplish and, and loosen up what you need to loosen up to, to move better and feel better. No, and because and I've seen an, uh, an influx of or, a, a, you know, them coming up more often in some of my feeds, uh, specifically around like TikTok. There's a, a huge community of mobility and, and PTs on there that are providing uh, a value content that you can take home. Um, and I'm a, I'm a huge fan of that because, you know, people are just sitting there all day. So if, if it pops up, it's it's like it's it's in front of your face instead of, you know, you don't have to search it out. It's there. Then like, Oh, maybe I should do that because my back does hurt. Right. You know, it's, so. it's, it's weird how, you know, social media has changed so much. Uh, you know, who would have thought that I would be you know, trying to prospect patients or, or just trying to get information out to people by social media. I mean, it's how we all connected, right. It's, yeah. it's through social media. So it's, it's crazy how, um, social media brings information and it's super darn creative at, it's got this algorithm, right? Like you probably see a lot of that stuff because you've clicked and interacted with like a lot yeah. of it. So it's going to start coming your way more and more. But if that's the worst thing on my feed, I'm in, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Better, better than, uh, you know, 10 year olds dancing or whatever. They're yeah. doing on there. <laughs> By far. Oh, so let's throw that question. So we're all more interactive on social media, but even sometimes I joke with some of the clients cause they'll be, um, in here and they'll do the workout and then they have some PT practice that they do. Uh, just because uh, they have, you know, sure. a nagging shoulder. They've met with Ben. He gives them a couple of key pointers. Hey, let's do this throughout the week. They'll come in here, and, and they're just so intent. They'll do it. And then I'll look over when they're done. They'll be over in the corner with head down, both thumbs on the screen. <laughs> Horrible. Just I was like, you just messed up all that PT work. You know, just joking with them. Is that a true statement? Yeah. So so you can look at that a couple different ways, right? So if you're going to do – program mobility work, I want to see you move afterwards, right? So that's my big thing. So I almost prefer you do something pre-workout. Let's call it the shoulder, right? Hey, I'm super tight in overhead or super tight in internal rotation, whatever it is. Do your mobility work then and then move after, right? The worst thing you could do, stretch something out and then go home and sit the rest of the day, right? Are are they going to undo it in a quick instance? No, not necessarily, right? Um, you know, it's, it's not one of those things, but definitely programmed movement throughout the day and then move after your mobility work. Okay. People all the time, Hey, my mobility work's not working. Well, yeah, you, you spent a, a minute doing it out of you know 24 hours in the day. 
and and then b you didn't you, you know you didn't activate anything afterwards and that's the big key move after your mobility work and do it often right if you want to be able to squat deeper well don't just come in here in the gym and squat that's what people do right or oh, squat snatch right like oh, i don't right. know if you guys do any squat snatches but it's a hard freaking movement you know and overhead squats same way but if you if the only time you do it is for you know five minutes every other week or every three or four weeks it's like you're not gonna be very good at it i don't yeah. care who you are and I'll answer. <laughs> Unfortunately, we do not do squat squat snatch for the general population. Yeah, I, it doesn't need to be programmed in several gyms. Like yeah. there's there's some gyms that have zero business doing it. But if you've got you know more middle aged mom and dads, it's like yeah. who needs a squat snatch? Yeah. Let them squat and front squat. Like that's plenty. Yeah, we we're, our basic squat patterns, and then if we do any snatch, it's a power snatch at a yeah. light weight just to get the shoulders out, and tons of dumbbells snatch, yeah. like just to get the, the the hip action and get that pop. You know? Yeah, I, I love the. I mean, because like you said, you get the benefit of working the shoulders at that point. It's a great movement. It helps build some resiliency yeah. to the shoulder. But again, not everyone needs a squat snatch. Yeah. I'm not going to the games tomorrow. I hardly really need a squat snatch. Well, I'm, I'm not even. <laughs> I'm not even getting in the Olympic. You know, I'm not going to an Olympic lift competition anytime soon. Exactly right. I love it, and I. I love seeing all the games athletes that they probably cycle the bar on a snatch routine two to three times a week at this point some of these guys like that's like they're like where i'm like oh let's do bench you're like no let's do snatch right exactly different mindset yep now my my favorite right now is the slow motion snatch where you see every movement and it's like oh that's how it's supposed to be done looks like butter it really does i'm like how did you do that these little because they're not huge but some of these smaller statue men and women are moving massive weight but it's such a smooth well, like an orchestra of yeah. movement, and it, it really defines all the steps and, oh. and all the positions. Uh, and I just I love that because it, it, it allows you to see what it should be. Right. It reminds me of a Tiger Woods commercial several years back where it was him swinging and, and demoing a new Nike club, and there was like a you know an orchestra going in the background. Like it, it reminds me of that. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, hey, let's open up the can though. So we're, we've been talking about mobility. And we talk, just talked about snatch, and you see these slow motion, and you, like you said, you see everybody from the, you know, the five-two lady who might weigh, a, you know, 135 pounds, lifting 200 plus over her head, but you see the heavyweight guys in the snatch category who do weigh 280, 275, but these guys can, their mobility is outrageous. It's crazy. Uh, so I'm going to bring it up. The myth. Everybody's like, you can't squat. If your knee goes past your toe, you're that's bad. That's been a myth for centuries. Too long. Centuries. Well, whatever, decades. Uh, what's your take on that, sir? Oh, dude, I wish it would die. Like, I'm so sick of that myth. It's not even funny. As I, all the time, people are, you know, knees over. T- I think I, I ran a Facebook ad one time, and uh, I had somebody squatting in the ad, and somebody commented on it. Knees are a little far over the toes for my liking. I was just like, oh, boy, here we go. You know, please let this myth die. It's the worst, right? So so do you sit down on your couch and worry about your knees going over your toes? No, right? They go over your toes and your knee didn't, you know, your your patella didn't blow out the side and blow up, you know? It's like, so, so if you don't let your knees go over your toes, I was reading a research article recently, you will shift, you will only lose about 20% of the force to the knee by squatting backwards, but you will put a thousand percent more force through your low back. That's a terrible trade. I will not take that trade ever like you if i no one would take that trade so it's like you don't really get a good trade-off by by doing it now i will utilize that in some rehab stuff early on 
if someone's got a super cranky knee, maybe we go box squats and don't let the knees go over the toes as much uh, just to, to kind of allow them to squat. But no, it is completely safe. Squat with those knees way over the toes. Squ- you know, squat deep as, as much as you like. That's going to help build up the cartilage in your knees and really help build some resiliency for you long term. Well, that goes back to, you know, where are you getting your information from? Am I searching it Wikipedia. out on on, <laughs> oh. on Facebook, on my local Facebook, you know, or am I going to a professional yeah. to get a professional opinion? Well, and that just draws back into like, am I accessing the right people in my community to make me, you know, but to benefit myself? Exactly. If it was a Facebook meme, it, it's true, right? I mean, 100%. 100%. <laughs> like, yeah. every, everything political, everything uh, yeah. fitness related. Yep. If it's a meme, it's yeah. real. Especially if someone else you went to high school with shared it, you know it's real. <laughs> and if it has a baby Yoda. Yeah. Just saying. Dude, that is true. If it has a baby Yoda, it's true. That, Dude, that's a great show. That last episode was also great. <laughs> I, did, I, I, haven't, I haven't seen it. But back to what you said, like, go to your professional. There's some professional people who do not believe in... Like you have to have a ninety degree angle oh. on your, you know, your knee function. Um, no, dude, there's PTs that tell my the clients that I will inherit from them all the time. Oh, you can't squat your knees over your toes, and I'm like, oh, please make it stop. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it just just make it stop. Well, and that's another reason we bring you know folks like you on the on the right. podcast. Hopefully, you, people listening hear it and it sticks, and then they take it to maybe their gym or in, involved that in their activity. So it, it really ties everything back together for us. Yeah. Same. I mean, same. That's why I created the podcast, my podcast for the same reason. It's like, Hey, let's, let's just get some information to somebody. And if they can change their mindset just a little bit, that's a win, right? If we can, if we can dispel one myth a, a week, like, you know, eventually between the two of us, we'll, we'll, we'll really uh, tackle the city. <laughs> totally. Totally what we're into. Like that's when we connected on, you know, I listened to your podcast and started seeing some of your Instagram stuff. And I was like, Oh man, I like this guy. And then, you know, just reach out all because of that. Because we can take it so far, and if we have to handle the baton or, you know, whatever we got to do, that's what we're about. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing we talked about earlier. It's like, hey, I've got my limitations and things. You refer somebody out, right? You guys have your limitations and things. Refer somebody out. Like, it's it's pieces to the puzzle, right? We're, we're complex beings. There's so many different tools. There's so many different people out there. Ask questions. Be an advocate for yourself. And really find somebody who who will help get you where you want to go and not just sit here and tell you, you should stop doing that. Cause that is the worst advice on the face of the planet. I think that was a great summary. <laughs> oh, great. We're going to, we're going to pull that out yeah. and we're going to push that just, just that, that portion right there. I love it. Uh, so towards the end of the podcast, I know Harlow and I do a couple of rapid fire questions. Ooh, I love so, it. So, uh, and we'll, our, we'll let you fire in since you fire on us. How's that? We'll fire a few to you and you fire back on us. Okay. Friendly, friendly fire. I like friendly it. Fire. I like it. So, so really anything, anything. It's yeah, r- like rapid point questions, yeah. not like something too deep, but like, <laughs> what is the meaning of life? <laughs> oh, wow. 42. <laughs> Four, yeah. Ooh, that's good. Oh, nice. All right. So we're going to start it off nice and light, nice and light. This is the caffeinated and confident podcast. So we have to ask and we ask every guest, everybody, what is your favorite coffee shop? Or if you, since we're not really going out, what is your favorite coffee shop and or coffee? Ooh, okay. So Favorite coffee shop? I do like Barista Parlor quite a bit. Bravo, sir! It, oh yeah, it takes a living in Spring Hill. It's a, a treat to, to be able to enjoy it. But big big espresso guy, so I can get behind that. Favorite um, coffee? Otherwise, yeah, I can be flexible, you know. So so good value brand is Aldi Organic Coffee is actually super good. Okay, try it out. This is coming from a guy who's kind of a coffee snob, so it's good. Um, you know, 
Starbucks? No, definitely not. Oh, we will we we invite you. you to leave. We, we will invite you back now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good. I'm glad. To, I'm glad I passed that. I, I mean, that's what I end up drinking most of the time at home because it's it's super good and it's easy and Aldi has it. So, all right, awesome. Uh, you got the next question? Or are you going to fire? Well, I, I can go, or you can go. Oh, I'll fire away. What is your favorite exercise in the gym? Start it off, sir. I'm gonna go hand clean. Okay, I like that. Uh, hand cleans are my are my favorite. I feel like it's not too like I'm pretty good at it. I like to think I am, um, but I can get up to a, a somewhat heavy weight. I like it. Yeah, I mean, default. I love power clean, but that's growing up in Southern high school football. Mm. Uh, so it's been like just embedded in me all my life. Power clean. Uh, but honestly, power clean, squat clean. Like I do yeah. like it. I probably need. I need to do a lot more. I like it. Yeah, I, I would say either power clean or power snatch for myself. Oh, power yeah. snatch. Oh, wow. Eh, not that. No, I'm not good at it. I'm not good at it, but <laughs> it's a refinement. Uh, so with all going on this year, I guess, what are you most looking forward to? In 2021 or just in general? In general. Oh, man. What am I most looking forward to? Oh, man. I could I could probably fire away several things here. So watching my son grow for one, right? Like that's, It's pretty fun watching that. It's crazy. I mean, he's four months and time flies and just watching all the, the crazy things that start happening with that is fun. Um, and, and, and some of the other things, man, being able to go out to eat w- without wearing a mask, I think is, is something that I'm just super looking forward to. Like just cause I'm such a relational person. It's like, I'm just looking forward to going back to, man, if I want to go up and shake somebody's hand, like, and at yeah. a restaurant, like that just sounds so nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by far. All right. So it's your turn now. Fire. Oh, fire. Oh, oh man. Uh, fire away here. Favorite car. Ooh. Ooh, change it up. I'm a big fan of what I've got right now, which is my Toyota Tacoma. There you go. I love it. Uh, my car is the, actually, I'm coming in with that a little bit, but I am constantly looking at the Toyota Tundra. Ooh, I like that. I, I mean, sorry for all you electric car people. Sorry. I know I'm gas guzzling, <laughs> but that's, that's my go-to. I rode in a Tesla recently. Oh. Super cool, man. Zero to sixty like a roller coaster. So go. I don't know how many of your podcasts or our podcasts you've got to hear, but we have a gentleman, Doctor Nick, aka the fittest doctor on Instagram. If you want to know about Tesla, follow his Instagram page and listen to our podcast, any podcast he's on. He is a Tesla maniac. Ooh, I love it. Yeah, good guy though. Great guy. Great guy. Uh, so we'll we'll go back easy. Uh, taco burrito. Oh, taco for sure. Big taco guy. Agreed. Uh, Agreed. Yeah, we're all on that. crunch. Yeah, you got to have the crunch, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, well, follow-up, where do you get your tacos from? Ooh. Um, so, I do like bar taco quite a bit. Oh, oh God. Damn like... it, you're my best friend now. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have the crunch, yeah. though, <laughs> with those, but they're still great. They're amazing. That duck there? Oh. Game changer. I, yeah, it was disappointing birthday for him this year because last year we took him to bar taco because we knew, and this year, well, you just had a steak and a baked potato. It works. It yeah. could be worse things. I had that last <laughs> night for dinner. It was great. Great. And you get one more. What do you got? Ooh, uh, would you rather do 100 pull-ups or 100 burpees? Uh, 100 pull-ups because I love pull-ups. There you go. Yeah, I'd go pull-up. Yeah, yeah, probably easier. Yeah. Yeah, like. I should have done 100 cows on the bike or 100 <laughs> burpees. Oh, wow. Uh, on the bike? Yeah. That's it. I don't know if there's a win there. Yeah, there's not. <laughs> there's that's, not. Why I should, that's why I rephrased. I, I yeah. think I'm going to go burpees. Just I really despise the bike. Yeah, I think I could cycle through the burpees more than 100 calories on the bike. I don't know. I'm more of a bike guy, I think. The problem, so with the bur- here's, here's where my head's at, right? On a burpee, at least I can stand and breathe. The bike is, I just. There's no like stop. Once, once you get out of breath on the bike, you're just out of breath on the bike. 
<laughs> the, the burpees, though, man, you just, you get halfway through and you're just like, am I ever going to get through these things? True. You know, that's also true. But at least uh, for me too, it's like the slow calorie count on the bike. Like you're going, like you you feel like you're just going 100 miles an it's hour, true. and then it's like one tick. It messes with <laughs> or, your mind. Yeah, it, it, it does. Yeah, it's a mental game. Then you, you got to get into like the the you know you got to get into the nothing box, right? You just got to get you got to process yourself somewhere else. I think right. I could do the bike if the monitor was somewhere else and someone mm. just told me yeah. that I hit 100. Like I didn't watch it. The, the monitor was off the bike, but someone said, all right, you're at 100. I, I could do the bike. You do like the games. You have a sign, 25 cows, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 50 cows. <laughs> hold, hold, the, hold the fingers up. <laughs> yeah, 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 there you go. Uh, and I, one question we, I forgot, and I have to ask this, as podcasters in Nashville, so, and you don't have to, you got to play favorites here. You've done, what, you're in the 30s on podcast? Yeah, pretty close. Um, yeah, th- yeah, we're rapidly approaching 30. Favorite episode of yours that you would recommend? Oh man, favorite episode. Yeah, I think besides sure. this one, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think for sure. So I, I have two that I really, really enjoy. So one, I had uh, Dr. Rodney Snow on. He's an endocrinologist. Uh, had that story that I was telling you guys about, and and really just breaking down some of the the health misconceptions and and why medication is pushed, you know, before diet and exercise in a lot of cases. And then I had another one with um, Dr. Brandon Reed. He's a chiropractor at Spine Sport Nashville. Um, and we talked about you know, the use of imaging and, and why, uh, you know, passive treatment only is, is not the answer. And by passive treatment, I mean a cupping, dry needling, you know, soft tissue work, you know, joint manipulation adjustments, those kind of things, why that is not the only solution to your problem. And you really got to have an active approach in addition to that. So those are two of my favorite episodes. What about you guys? Oh, I, I was going to say either Dr. Nick, either one of our Dr. Nick's, probably our first episode with Dr. Nick. Um, but then also a, a, a really close second uh, is Ben with Evolution. Yeah, yeah great, great conversation. Love him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I have to, I'll jump on that train also. Uh, a, Dr. Nick was... You know, for me, the like that doctor who gets it right. He's in the world. He knows, and he's the doctor who gets it. And then Ben, just being in, kind of like you being in the environment and talking to a PT who's like, yeah, like <laughs> you, you have to move. Like you, and he even gets in that. Like, yeah, you know, I can come jab this needle in you, yeah, all day. But if you just go back home and sit down, we just wasted your money. Exactly right. Like. It, <laughs> That's the frustrating thing. I think we all want a quick fix and a pill, and that's what needling has turned into for a lot of people. So, <laughs> well, uh, dude, thanks so much for coming out, dude. Absolutely, man. Thanks uh, so much for for hosting us, and uh, looking forward to pushing this out on our, through our podcast as well. So uh, we appreciate, it. yeah, and, and you're welcome back anytime. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll definitely run this again. I love it. But before we go, where's the best place and the easiest way to find you? Yeah, yeah. So uh, check us out on Instagram, uh, momentum underscore sports pt or momentum sports pt dot com. Uh, we've got all our information on there. Feel free to shoot us a DM. I think my number's on there as well. Feel free to text us if you have questions, and uh, happy just to be a resource for you any way I can. And the That's podcast awesome. name? Uh, yeah, so podcast. I should have got to plug the podcast. Got to plug the podcast. We, yeah, we, we've me? said it a couple of times in here. But yeah, 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 so uh, the Nashville Fitness Podcast. You can get it anywhere, you know, Google, uh, Spotify, Apple, D, all of the above. All right. Thanks, guys. Hey. What about you guys? Hey, plug plug your uh, your stuff as well. So us is uh, caffeinated and caffeinatedconfident.com is our website. Uh, of course, the podcast is the Caffeinated and Confident podcast. Uh, we are also everywhere, Spotify, Google, and uh, Apple. And then, of course, uh, YouTube. Uh, we have our coffee review page up. And That's great. So if you need a good spot to get coffee in town, we, we have a few suggestions for you. I yeah. love it. All the good spots. Barista Parlor's on there, so. You'll like it. High, too. High ratings on the, <laughs> the barista it. part. I love it. I love it. But, uh, yeah, with that, 
I well, think that wraps up another episode. Yeah, guys, another great episode. Uh, thanks for listening. I'm Harlow. I'm JP. And we're out. Thanks, guys. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of the Nashville Fitness Podcast. Don't forget, educate yourself, surround yourself with positivity, and take care of your body. It's the only one you get. Education is the key to a stronger and healthier you, one person and one community at a time. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and if you did, we would love for you to give us a five-star rating and leave us comments. If you want to find out more about us and how to maximize your health and performance, check out our clinic on Instagram at Momentum underscore Sports PT or at MomentumSportsPT.com.